0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. I'm starting a new series uh, and this will be called Be Rich. uh, This is not going to focus on how to become rich. This is going to focus on how to be rich. Because everybody's focusing on becoming rich and a lot of people don't know how to be one. And we all know a lot of rich people who are not good at it. For those people who think if you, if you have a lot of money, it automatically makes you good at being rich. It's kind of like having a lot of children. It makes you automatically a good parent. Somebody said, not really. <laughs> having a lot of money doesn't make you good at being rich. The same way as having a lot of children doesn't make you good at being a parent. And so Bible has a lot to say and we're going to learn about that. Today's message is the first installment and I'm going to title it Being Rich at What Matters the Most. And so if you have your Bible, we will take our text for this series from Timothy, from the New Testament in 1st Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 and down. Apostle Paul tells Timothy, he says commend these things to those who are rich in this present age. Not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. That they may lay hold of eternal life. Now I understand some people today, maybe it's your first time. When the pastor said, well Rich, your heart is not doing good right now. Uh, maybe the idea of money is, is, a, is a, in the church, you know, you grew up where maybe you've experienced abuse in this topic. Perhaps you've experienced um, where pastors or ministers, they, um, they stole money from the church. Perhaps you've experienced where people lived off of the poor um, and the whole goal was give, 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 give and um, I want you to put your prejudice and your experience aside just for a little bit and I want you to hear with your heart what God's word has to say I am not afraid to talk about money because Bible talks about money and God talks about not just about money but how for us to live and plus it's it takes eight hours of your day on the average it's an important part of your life and therefore it matters to God and it matters to us the good news is you are rich The bad news also is you are rich. Statistically, and it says that if you make $33,000 a year, a household income, you're on the 1% of the richest people in the world. Now, I understand you may argue and say, well Vlad, you don't understand. In some of those places, the living costs are extremely low. But today, just comparing based on the income, if your household makes $80,000 a year, you are on 0.1% of the richest people in the world. So most of us in this room who have a job that pays minimum wage, you are from one to four of the top richest people in this world. Now you probably don't feel rich. That's one thing about being rich. You never know that you are rich and you don't feel rich. Like I meet with single people who are, who are never ready. The, the people who say I'm not ready for marriage usually are ready for marriage. It's the guys who always scare me that they say I'm ready for marriage. That you know they're not ready. It's kind of same thing with riches. The rich people usually don't feel rich. None, nobody here today feels rich. Nobody feels that this applies to them. But if you go to third world countries, if you meet people who are struggling or be, the reason why we don't feel rich is because there are people who are richer than us. The good news is for most of us here today, we qualify for this verse, is that we are rich. But what I want to focus on is not necessarily, we'll have series where we're going to talk about how to hustle and how to work hard and everything. But what I want to focus on today is not how to get richer, but how to become good at being rich. And what does Apostle Paul, what does the scripture tell us about being good at being rich? And we're going to break this verse down. We're going to go through it as quickly as we can. The first thing that Apostle Paul says, and if you are taking notes, I want you to write this down. He says, do not be proud as a rich person. Don't be proud as a rich person. Pride is so easy to see in other people, impossible to see it in yourself. Pride comes naturally for the rich people, and we don't like proud rich people. Nobody likes that. When you are arrogant and you are rich, it's, it's not good. It's, it smells. People don't like it. But it's not just that people don't like it. It's that God don't like it. Why do rich people have a greater tendency toward pride than poor people? Because of our value system. Because your worth is not based on Jesus. Your worth is based on your net or your wealth. And when your worth is based on your wealth, you will either be depressed or proud. And many people today, your worth is not based on Jesus, and so when you don't have nothing, you feel worthless, and when you get something, you feel worthy and you feel entitled, you feel you're better than other people and while we judge the rich people who are bad at being rich, if your worth is not based on Jesus Christ it will be based on your wealth, on your appearance, on your accomplishments, on your accolades or on your failures or on your past or on people's opinions or on your weaknesses. If I can borrow Jacob and Zachy for an illustration, let's give them a round of applause quickly, brothers. So I want you to hold this. And so Zachy is going to represent a person whose worth is based on Jesus. The Bible says a righteous man, a good man, he builds his house on a rock. Have you noticed one thing that every season the rock remains the same size? When it's winter, when it's summer, it's still pretty much the same. Now it could decrease just a slightly but it's pretty much the same size. It doesn't grow and it doesn't shrink. Your worth in Jesus doesn't change when you get married. Your worth in Jesus doesn't change when you get a job. Your worth in Jesus doesn't change when you get out of poverty. Jesus loves you the same and you have to know your worth in Jesus. And it's solid and it's heavy. Somebody give God some praise right now. But there's alternative of where pride comes in for rich people and where discouragement comes in for poor people is when your worth is flexible, fluid. When your worth is, when you don't have a job, you feel worthless. You don't have a boyfriend and you don't have a girlfriend. You don't have a house or you're you're not maybe with certain, you're not keeping up with Jonas's and this is how your worth feels like. And then praise be to God, you get a promotion. I want you to start bloating it. You get a promotion you get a job and your worth becomes inflated go ahead go ahead, come on get more prosperity more breakthrough a little bit more come on come on okay come on we don't want to be richer than that now pause for a moment i want you to tie that up just this it. Yeah, that's good. You got it. You got it, bro. You could so I want you to see that both I want you to see that both people don't know how to be on the stage, number one. <laughs> and but the real illustration that I want you to see is this, is that this person looks way bigger when your arrogance is inflated self-worth. Write this down. Arrogance is inflated self-worth. It's when your worth grows with your income. When you think you're more important because you have money now. People should listen to you more. Why? Because you have more money in your bank account. Because you drive a nicer car. Arrogance and pride is natural for wealthy people if their value system is based on their income instead of who they are in Jesus because if you are in Jesus who you are in Jesus you remain the same whether you have money or you don't have money but when your value system is now dependent on having money you feel more important you get mad when people don't recognize you as more important your value system is inflated Now your money is inflated. There's nothing wrong with that. Your money is increasing. That is good. When your money increases, make sure your self-esteem doesn't. Your self-esteem is connected to the Calvary, not to your bank account. Your self-esteem has to be connected to the cross, not to your portfolio, not to your real estate, not to your car, and not to your clothing. And that is the only guarantee rich people have not to be proud in the midst of their wealth. Can somebody say Amen? Why? It takes one problem in our country this size and when you touch a person whose identity is in Jesus. Rain came, the floods came and the house who was built on the rock stood. I lost my money, I didn't lose my mind. I lost my house but I didn't lose my family. I lost everything got wiped out in that stock market crash. But listen except myself because my worth I'm still the same valuable in the eyes of God. I don't walk around with my head down. Why? Because I know my worth. Hallelujah. It takes one car accident. It takes one financial situation and what is left of your self-worth? And people say I'm worthless. They commit suicide. Why? Because when you live in pride, you will have to live in pity if your self-worth is connected to your net worth. Connect who you are to whose you are, instead of how much money you make. Can somebody say amen. Are you with me? That's why I believe that rich, rich people must understand before you start giving your stuff, giving your thanks. Real generosity doesn't begin with giving things, it begins with giving thanks. Let me write, let me say I've, I worked on this point a lot so you, I feel like didn't get enough receptivity. My self-esteem is not based on it but this message is. <laughs> Real generosity doesn't begin with giving things, it begins with giving thanks it's acknowledging who's the source of everything you have. A king of Babylon, he got out and he looked at all the kingdoms and there was a warning that he will crumble and he will fall just like this balloon. Daniel gave him a warning, he says you're going to be nothing if you don't acknowledge God as the source of everything and Nebuchadnezzar doesn't obey that instruction so he gets up on his palace and he says isn't this all of mine? Didn't my power build all of this? This is my glory and the voice was still in his mouth when God said you're finished and he lost his mind. Every person who gets inflated with pride because of their achievements very soon blows up by losing their mind. King Saul did exactly the same thing. Somebody else got more prosperous. It was David and King Saul lost his mind. Herod had people worship him and the Bible says worms came and they ate him. You can be rich or you can be poor but base your identity not on your income, not on your dress code or what kind of restaurants you can afford to eat in. Not on the brands of your clothes or the brands of your technology. uh, 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 your devices or on where you live, your zip code, what kind of neighborhood, base your identity on Jesus Christ. Then you can stay humble. I love this story about King David. King David is toward the end of his life and in 1st Chronicles, in 2nd Chronicles chapter 29, David is donating money to the temple and some people calculated how much he donated that he gave 112 tons of gold. 112 tons of gold and so it's going to it's pretty much about seven billion dollars worth of stuff that he gave to God. And the people gave 118 tons of gold and then he gave 200 something tons of silver. He gave all of that money away and David says this 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 in his prayer. He says, God I'm not worthy to be this generous. And he says things like, he said blessed are you O God of Israel. He said, yours is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. Then he says, both riches and honors come from you and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength. And then he says, but who am I? who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this for all things come from you and of your own we have given you for we are aliens and pilgrims before you we and our fathers our days are a shadow on earth this is a billionaire giving over seven billion dollars in an offering to God and he says God who am I to offer billions of dollars to you to my knowledge nobody's here is a billionaire but we could borrow this attitude the state we are in today generosity doesn't begin with giving things it begins with giving thanks you can't be generous in your giving if you're not generous in your thanksgiving. If you can't lift your hands, if when the song is singing you, your heart doesn't feel gratitude for being alive, if you can't give praise to God you're holding it back and when you're holding it back your identity and your self-worth is being inflated or is being under attack and you're going to suffer from that and I challenge the rich people at hungry generation do not be proud. Say this with me, my worth worth. is not based based. on my net worth. Are you with me? The second thing that Paul is saying is don't be proud. He says, don't trust in riches. There was one more rich person in the Bible that we meet and this rich person, he had a great year. Great, great income flow. His business quadrupled. He meets with his financial counselors and he says, what we should do? A lot of money coming in. We got the, our stocks went up, real estate went up, everything is going good. And so they met together and they decided to do this. Why don't we upgrade, update, upgrade our company, update our buildings, up, upgrade all of our cars. Let's also um, move into a better neighborhood. Let's launch into a new territory, bring our product into a new territory. So when I read that, I'm like, this is, that's a wise counsel. When your money is coming in to, to upgrade, to update, to, to go further. And Jesus looks at this idea and he calls this man a fool. Now there are parts of the Bible that I wrestle with. I read and I'm like, I don't like it. This is one of them. The man did not take a trip to Las Vegas. This man did not bring prostitutes and alcohol and drugs and say let's party it up. He actually used his finances to upgrade, to move forward his business and his life. This is nothing wrong at first but Jesus says this, he said this man is a fool and not only that, what bothers me is what Jesus says next, he says so is everyone who becomes richer in money but not in God. Because He says tonight I will come and ask for your soul. What will these these things be? Who will they be left to? And then Jesus talks about being trusted. So for us what our lesson from this is a lot of times it's normal. We live in a culture where you don't buy new things because your things are broken. You buy new things because they're available. It used to be you only upgrade because the things that you're having don't work. You buy new shoes. Why? Because the ones you have have holes in them. You buy a new car. Why? Because that car the transmission died. Today we no longer do that. We update and upgrade for two reasons. You either got a promotion or the Apple released a new product. And then you're looking at your phone and you're like, ah this sucks. I know it's iPhone 10 but there's something's wrong with the screen. I can't go 12 feet into the water. I can only go 11 and a half. I need something that goes in 12 feet. You haven't been near the ocean for the last 10 years. But in case I ever go there. And I'm not against upgrading and updating. I'm when it comes to apple products. I'm the first one that's guilty That's why I said this verse wrestles with me But Jesus is saying Do not trust in riches And I want you to write this down and, and repeat this with me say I will not trust in riches but in him who richly provides Don't trust in riches trust in him who richly provides and that is visible by your upgrading and updating systems. What do you do when your in- income increases? Do we just rush right away? Hey, that means I need to update, I need to increase. People need to know that I am prosperous. Let that verse wrestle with you because it's wrestling with me. Number three, he tells to the rich people, Apostle Paul, he says, not only we have to not be proud. Don't trust in riches. We trust in God. Don't make your wealth your source of your source of uh, worth but he says this. He says that do good. Do good and to me what that speaks of is not to cut corners. Don't try to be don't be bad trying to be trying to be rich. A lot of times when you start accumulating money it's easy especially if you can afford good lawyers to start cutting corners. Start becoming dishonest with our finances. Start, um, especially those of us who are generous. Generosity does this weird thing to us where it feels like we are excused from living honest. I know people who because they give, they feel like it's okay now that they are not honest before God. For the financial life that they're living they don't need to necessarily pay taxes they don't need to pay their employees they can steal a little bit there they can lie there they can change things there. why because i'm generous king saul did that in fact god told him to destroy amalekites he went and he didn't destroy the amalekites what he did is he saved the fattest and the biggest for himself and when samuel come back samuel says what is the sheep that i'm hearing over there and and saul says oh that's for god And Samuel rebuked him and he says, God was asking you a plain, simple thing to do. Don't think your generosity can overcompensate your lack of honesty. That means live honest in your finances. Don't steal. Do good. Do good is don't steal. I remember me and my wife, we started, we embarked on this extra generous lifestyle in 2013. At the end of 2013 and something happened. Um, I was, I liked this TV show that stopped uh, producing episodes with the main character there who was Jim Caviezel, the guy who was in Passion of the Christ, called Person of Interest. And um, it was on Tuesday night, the, it was airing at 9 o'clock and it had commercials. I don't like commercials. And so, but at that time they had this thing called LimeWire. For, for those of you, it was torrents where you can download illegally the whole, the whole TV show. I used the word illegally because it is illegal (laughs) but I didn't see it as illegally. so what I would do is that I would come from church and just download the TV show that would show up at 10 o'clock at six o'clock and my excuse was for this I just don't like to sit through commercials and I cannot sit till 10 o'clock because I have to be at church next morning so I had these three godly reasons for which I was downloading things that were not legal and then I had a last one is this I'm ripping Hollywood they're already wicked what difference does it make? <laughs> and I remember one time the Lord convicting me. He said, Vlad, you're a thief. I said, no, I'm not. He says, you're downloading stuff illegally. And, and I followed like, God, why are you not convicting me for watching stuff? Why are you convicting me for watching things that are downloaded illegally? And then when I started paying for the things that I wanted to watch, I watched a lot less. <laughs> and me and my wife, we made a decision after that. Is that content or things? we're not going to get things that are illegal. Some of you may say, well there's nothing wrong with that. Invite a police officer and ask him if it is. <laughs> a lot of people, they steal things or they sell things. For those of us especially who really want to uh, sell, you know, I remember when I was selling my car that had a, you know, a salvage, a salvage title and I knew things were wrong with it. And the first time I sold it, I dropped the price so low. And they asked me what's wrong with the car. And I told them nothing. They're like why are you selling it for so long? I'm like I'm just generous and God convicted me. He says fix the car and tell them the truth and raise the price. And I, after the race to deliver, I fixed that thing. I raised it as high as I could and I told him the truth. I, I didn't plan to sell it. I just wanted to be honest. I said this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong and I was about to leave and he says I have a check and full price the guy gave it to me. Now I'm not saying it would always happen like this but rich people, you're good. being sneaky. You're good at cutting corners. It's hard to become honest as a rich person. That's why Bible challenges us do good. Don't become bad in trying to be rich. Number four, be rich in good works. Be rich, Apostle Paul says, be rich in good works. Meaning the only thing, I must be richer in my faith than in my finances. What Paul is saying is that make sure your finances are not the only thing you're growing in. Make sure your bank account is not the only thing that sees the increase. Make sure your stocks are not the only thing that's increasing right now. But make sure your faith is increasing, your good works is increasing. Be richer in things that matter not just finances. I remember in, in 2013 toward the end of that year our church a youth group at the time I was the youth uh, pastor our youth group was stuck. We were not growing as God wanted us to grow. We were not seeing salvations for two years at that time already and me and my wife we had a, we had two rental properties. Now they were not ne- nice they were not necessarily like new or anything they were older and uh, but I was under 30 and having two rent- rental properties you know it was for me it was a big deal and so we were trying to save, to build our own house and by 30 to build our own house and everything. And, and you know what God convicted me with is this kind of, this theme that I'm speaking to you about. God was saying, why is that you're increasing in houses but you're not increasing in my grace? And I said, God, well, well your grace is your business. <laughs> this is my business you know those two church and state were separate you know don't mix those two things up and I felt challenged by God to say listen it's 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 not right that your finances is growing but your ministry and your calling is not and so we leveraged our finances and said you know what we want to pause on growing in finances and we want to grow in our spiritual life now uh, for your record I worked at the church and so I had a prayer life but I knew that things were not growing as they supposed to be growing and so I decided that I'm going to be richer toward my faith not just toward my finances the crazy part is things worked out with the house everything worked out but today I see an increase of in my faith and I see an increase of in what God is doing in this place you know when you go to gym you don't just work out on your biceps or your triceps you don't just work out on your chest and then have chicken legs You got to work out on everything and see some of you, you have like chicken legs in your spiritual life because you're only working out on your finances but your faith is not worked on. Your good works are not worked on and Paul is saying it's good that you're working out on your finances. He says make sure you get rich as well in your good works. Come on, on, Saban. Number five, be ready to give. The example of the poor widow teaches us that Jesus looks at our finances not in a sum but in percentages. how do you give as a gender as a rich person? I give you three three principles or three tips to give as a priority, as a percentage and as a progression. as a priority, as a percentage and as a progression. meaning make giving a priority. Don't give after you pay all your bills. Give before you pay all your bills. Don't make giving at the end, make giving always in the beginning. Secondly, make it a percentage. Don't give spontaneously. Percentage, you may say, oh, but you know, uh, is is it in the Bible? It is. Jesus looks at the widow who's giving a small sum of money and Jesus measures her giving by not how much she gave, but she measure he measures it by the percentage this giving represents in our finances. Because what she gave was a little but it was the highest percentage. God in heaven doesn't measure our giving by the sum but by the percentage. Because if a person gives $500 and they have a million dollars, it may look a lot more than an intern who gives $5 and they don't have much they're looking for a job. They're barely paying through. Or a retired person, elderly person. So what I want to tell you today is this, is that God wants you to focus on your percentage. This is the best is becoming for us is that we have a certain percentage and we try to increase that percentage. And the good percentage to start with is you can start with 10. Bible has a lot to say about 10. Now you might not like the whole 10 or tithe, start with 12. He's saying, no, the whole tithe is it. Make it easy on yourself. Start with 15. 15 is way different than 10. (laughs) Whichever percentage you start with, keep it and then grow it. 1% 1% or 2% or something but if you're one of those people you whenever you feel that you're just like oh, I'm just gonna give 50 dollars and everything you're not going to grow in that grace. It's kind of like saying hey I feel like going to gym today I'm gonna go to gym. For those of you you know that that never works that's why you're still paying for gym membership and you never go there. Uh-huh. Why? Because there has to be this setup that you set it up every day I'm gonna go or these days I'm gonna go same thing with giving you set it up and then you go with that. Are you with me? go a little bit further and number six apostle Paul says be willing to share be willing to share so it's not only he's challenging rich people hey stop be proud trust in God instead of in your riches he says do good meaning don't don't do anything shady Then he says hey you know make sure that you live a generous you you live a life of giving you prioritize giving you you put your giving in percentage you make progressive progress and grow in your giving you become rich in good works but then he says be willing to share and so I've been meditating and I said Lord how does this apply to me and I found out that a lot of rich people what they have is they have extra stuff they're on use And what we typically do with that stuff is we sell it. And Paul is saying to share it. So it's very practical. You got a new phone? The old old phone is still really, really good. Then Paul doesn't say, don't ever sell anything. He just says, just don't sell only. Start sharing. A lot of generosity is not limited to giving money. It's to giving things. It's to giving things that are good that we have in our possession that we can be blessed with others. Apostle Paul and John walked to the temple. They didn't have money with them. They said silver and gold we don't have right now with us and many people use that verse and say look Paul and Paul and John were broke. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Paul and John forgot their wallet. That didn't mean they didn't have money because the church had money. The people donated money there but Paul and John just didn't walk with the wallet to the temple but they said hey we have a gift right now. We want to give it to you. Jesus at the last supper he didn't have money but he washed the feet of disciples. God doesn't want us to limit generosity to giving money because some of us that is the easiest thing to do but God wants you to give yourself, give your talents, bless somebody with something. Like we had a guy who has a company and we really needed to do that concrete in the front. It looks so great when you guys walked in, doesn't look great. And you know, this week it was raining and this gentleman, he came in, he brought his crew, he brought his company and they did that whole, the whole day and you know, we asked him, you know, to to give us the bill and he says, hey, I'm just blessing. I just want to be, I just want to share. Come on. And you know what we say? We receive. (laughs) Come on somebody, are you with me? Uh, Share. You know this this, another thing that, that does not mean that all of us as Christians here we simply have to start expecting every person in our church to give us stuff for free. I need to say that because a lot of we have photographers, we have hairstylists, we have construction men, we have teachers, we have writers, we have proofreaders, we have media people and a lot of times what happens with church people is that we expect things for free. I believe in not getting anything for free but getting things for something because otherwise it's not right for us let people give things for free if they want to but if they don't sometimes like if I'm not able to pay in money I said listen if you do this for me I'll be able to do this 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 it's gonna pay a lot more than money if not then okay let's give you money now but you have to be able to share one poor person was sitting under the bridge and and a rich person was walking by gave him five dollars next day gave him five dollars third day he didn't have the money the poor person he said tomorrow it's ten don't live like that (laughs) like we give cars in the church don't expect a car that's too low even if you need a car say Lord bless me that I can give a car by the way set your your aim higher aim for the stars you'll land on the moon but aim higher don't don't have a poverty thinking let's learn to share me and my wife made a decision that everything we have in our house including a house That our goal before we die to be able to give everything that we own and as of today pretty much everything except the house because we don't own it yet. The mortgage, we still have mortgage. I'm believing for somebody to pay for my mortgage. (laughs) If God speaks to you, it's going to go for a good cause because we want to give a house away one day. And so we want to give everything that we own one time from couches, we had a good couches, we had a good kitchen table and then had a computer, washer and dryer and and a lot of things that we we would have and you know wanted to put on for sale but at the same time like you know what, let's find somebody that we can bless and at the time we needed those extra 50, 60, 70 bucks but as a rich person God tells me learn to share not just to sell. Are you with me? (laughs) Lastly is store a foundation eternity. Paul is saying to the rich people is don't just fill your IRA but also fill your IEA meaning not just your individual retirement account but fill also your individual eternity account. Paul is saying is that retirement is good. It's good to save for your retirement, or Roth IRA and whatever things that you put in your retirement and putting each month something aside even though <clears throat> retirement is not necessarily very scriptural but nevertheless our culture does it. It's a good thing to do. God bless you um, but you are not going to live very long on your retirement. Nobody in this room is guaranteed to get to their retirement. My, my uncle who passed away you know uh just not long ago you know he didn't get there nobody's guaranteed i'm not guaranteed i will live to my retirement nobody in here is guaranteed and while it's good and wise to save for your retirement something that you're not sure you're gonna get there and how long you're gonna live there we don't know what is sure is you will live forever in heaven and that's where you need to be moving your finances to See some of us think in this room that when I die I'm going to have mansions in heaven. Who told you that? Bible doesn't tell that every person is going to have a mansion. Bible says that those who place go who are in Christ will go to heaven. But what you're going to live in in heaven is really dependent on you. Don't think God, God is not Bernie Sanders. He's not going to build every person in the same house like Aho projects. That's not God. God has different measures of rewards. God is not going to reward the same way me, as going to reward Mother Teresa. God in heaven has different things for different people based on what? Based on what we did with what we could on this earth. So that's why it's good to be rich on earth. What's better is when you die so you're not broke in there. Now in heaven it's still good to be broke because you can sleep on the streets made of gold. but it's better to live maybe in a mansion right so I borrowed this from uh, pastor Martin and Sylvia we went to uh, Nigeria I went to Nigeria three times in my life and uh, we had these thing called nairas in Nigeria these are money these are things you use to buy things and when you bring these into the United States they are completely worthless you can't buy a taco with these it's like a lot of them. There's like 500, 2,20, but in America you can't buy much with it. Now I was in Nigeria and I still brought some stuff here. I can tell you one thing is that you live here, you can't take your dollars with you to heaven. They're going to be left on earth and in heaven they're not going to do anything. But what you can do with these Naira's and is what you can do with your things is you can convert them. You can convert your gifts you can convert your stuff you can convert your house and your car you can converse convert your clothes you can convert your words you can convert your smile you can convert everything is about you and send it ahead of you to build your eternity hedge fund can somebody say amen i want challenge to challenge the rich people in this room don't be proud I want to challenge the rich people in this room. Don't trust in your riches. I want to challenge the rich people in this room. Be rich in your good works. Do good. Serve others. And worry more about your eternity than your retirement. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using HungryGen. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.